Sports Stories from the 419 in Northwest Ohio, brought to you by A Voice You Know. It's time to go around the area and around the Hearn. Good evening to you. A hopefully great evening for you as well. I am in a good mood. I absolutely love this show. Two of uh, my favorite guests that I've had on this show and two terrific conversations. Coming up here in just a few, uh, Travis Lewis, former Lima Warriors wide receiver and the head coach at Toledo St. Francis. Got to see his nights in action a couple of nights ago. Worked for a uh, group out of Atlanta. Normally does fly into the hoop, which would have normally been this weekend, called SUV TV. If you haven't uh, checked it out, the SUVTV.com. Saw his team at Take Automani Bates, a Michigan State signee, and Ipsy Prep on a Tuesday night with my good friend Chris Kuhlman. He's going to be on to talk about the show. We reminisce a little bit about the old days of Lima Warrior football. And Sir Yachts, if you haven't been on the interwebs lately, this young man is a star. I absolutely love the takes. I'll be honest, Joey Kinsley, that uh, my wife sends me a lot of TikTok videos, and a lot of them are this young man talking about things in Ohio, things in the Cleveland area, a place that I absolutely adore and have for the last 15 years. And about the Browns, he talks about Ohio State as well and the games that came the other night. Please don't let that distract you the way that things turned out from listening to the interview. Both are terrific interviews, and I'm so thankful to have been able to have both of them on. That's coming up here in just a few coaching news to start off this show, the news and notes portion of this segment, and uh, none bigger than a Collider Boys soccer coach, Mark Zubik, retired after 32 years, the only boys soccer coach the Wildcats have ever had. 406 wins, 127 losses, and 79 ties. That included 12 Putnam County League titles, 8 PCL Coach of the Year awards, 12 district titles, two Final Four appearances in the 2001 State Coach of the Year award. I had I don't have enough good things to say about this man. I, I've uh, gotten to do a ton of Kaleida soccer games over the years, and there are far fewer places at night with a tree that overhangs midfield where everybody checks in just across from the bus stops that are more beautiful to do a game as the sun sets and uh, far even less people that could be better than Coach Mark and all the help that he has given us at Z Sports Live over the years of doing games. I hope that uh, whatever comes next for him, he gets some rest, gets some relaxation. I'm excited to see what uh, the future of Clyde of Soccer holds. I know life permitting, coming up in the fall, we'll have even more of that on Z Sports Live. The other piece of coaching news I actually just found out about. Been out of town for a couple of days. But Pandora Gaboa is looking for a new baseball coach for the 2021 season after Levi Hovist, who we talked about a couple of weeks ago on the show, resigned on a Tuesday night. I reached out to him to see if maybe get him on the show at some point, kind of talk about what led to that. I know he loves baseball and is a about as huge of a PG guy as you can get. But unfortunately in life, sometimes timing is everything. Speaking of that, the OHSAA came out today, and I saw in the Crescent News that there's a lot of things that are kind of playing in. Uh, the Swim and Dive Championships are going to remain in Canton. That'll take place February the 24th through the 27th. Gymnastics are going to be at Hilliard-Bradley on March the 5th through the 6th. Bowling will take place at Wayne Webb's Columbus Bowl February 26th and 27th. Now, wrestling is where it gets a little bit different because they don't have an actual site, or in this case, three. The uh, recommendation that the OHSA needs three different places 
to have the uh, games this year or have the matches this year, I should say. Uh, they're looking for three places in Central Ohio to host. Hopefully they get that done. They've already kind of had to change way too much for my liking. You can wrestle, but you can't shake hands. Makes no sense. Uh, basketball regionals and states are TBD yet. Regionals are going to be hosted at neutral sites, according to the OHSA's press release. And uh, the districts, kind of both in, uh, are going to be held, uh, both the boys and the girls, by the higher-seeded team all the way through the district finals. A lot of folks are not happy about that. I don't really think it matters. I could be wrong. I ask coaches, see what they say. Uh, track across country had a proposal to expand to four divisions. That's been tabled for now. See how that turns out. Uh, hopefully they are able to concentrate on figuring out a place where to have next season's championships. College. A lot of things going on in college. How about Bluffton University? Just added a swim and dive program. Makes sense. They're the Beavers. 21-22 academic year will have at BU with the uh, new uh, program. Two college local play of the weeks. The players that uh, earn those honors, New Knoxville grad Aaron Scott at the University of Northwestern Ohio. The Wolverine Hoover Hoosier Athletic Conference Player of the Week, 37 points in two games. And Lima Central Catholics, Trey Cobbs down at Kentucky Wesleyan, named the Great Midwest Player of the Week. Two wins, he averaged 24.5, just a baller effort right now down there for uh, that young man. Pro game, Dakota Mathias, the pride of Elida, Ohio. Now, uh, when they go ahead three the other night, he played 11 minutes, scored three points, but it was enough. It was a go ahead three in overtime to beat Miami despite the fact that Tyler Hero had 33 points in that game, his team was able to come up with a win and looking good in that Sixers uniform. Had a couple of big games in the last week. You can go back and hear him on the show a couple of months ago. And uh, just such a great dude. You can't not root for him. Big games coming up tonight here in just about the next hour or so. I know that uh, you can hear this one on K94 if you're listening before the game. If not, you probably missed a good one. Number two, uh, ranked Minster in Division Four, taking on New Knoxville. My guys, Phil Schumann and uh, Denny Sisko in that one. Friday night basketball, same two on K94. Shawnee at St. Mary's. And then Saturday night, you can hear Nate Stidham on K94 call St. Mary's and Coldwater. But if you want to hear uh, another good game right now, the Spencerville girls are in action coming up in just a bit. They're on Z Sports 3. And then uh, I was originally supposed to be in Ottawa right now, but unfortunately... Some things have changed with some uh, postponements. The Van Wert girls and the uh, Van Wert boys not playing Ottawa Glendorf due to some things going on in the Van Wert program and some things in the Finley program on the boys' side that will also have Lima Senior missing games against Lima Central Catholic, St. Francis, Toledo St. John's, Shawnee, and then the girls' basketball program missing a date against Springfield. But also maybe one of the biggest non-conference matchups of the entire year in the area. Ottawa Glendorf and Lima Senior will not Happen on Saturday. Does not make my guy Kevin Peel very happy, I'm sure. Well, unfortunately, that's what it is. But a lot of great basketball, I know. I've been looking forward to Saturday for a long time. Number one, Fort Loramie. Takes on number three, Ottawa Glendorf. That D4, D3. But uh, the Titans got to get uh, back on the winning track after a big win. They beat Elida a couple of nights ago to get to 11-1. and one. All in the year, got Troy Yant, his 200th win. He says, that just means I've had enough good players. I've been around long enough. If you know him, it's exactly what you'd expect him to say. But I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Saturday afternoon on WZOQ Radio, you can hear that ball game between OG and Fort Loramie. Should be an interesting styles clash as uh, Fort Loramie on the uh, news a couple of nights ago on the uh, Your News Now sports 
preview, and they talk about what uh, they expect in that ball game. Check that out. It's on Twitter. Find Tyler Segerman or uh, Katie Gahuli or even Jason Geiser, and check that out. Boys polls this week. As expected, Shawnee stays number one, reigning in Division Two. Ottawa Glendorf, the, la- the loaned team in Division Three, they're ranked fourth. D4 pretty much belongs to the area. Antwerp is number one. Kaleidas, two. Botkins is four. Columbus Grove is five. Ottaville, six. Despite the fact that Ottaville beat Columbus Grove. Okay. Tri-Village is number nine. And at D4, girls-wise, you've got Bath, number four, and D2. They go up a spot after beating OG last week when the Titans drop from one to three in Division three. Berlin Highland, now the number one team in Division three. Liberty Benton is number eight, but they lost... A couple of days ago, two Kaleida at the buzzer. D4. Minster number two. Fort Lormie number one. They both move up a spot after Burn Union lost in overtime in their lone game at D- as number one in D4. New Knoxville number eight. Marion Local 13. Tri-Village number 14. That's what I've got for news and notes. And again, coming up in a bit, you'll hear from Travis Lewis, head coach at Toledo San Francis. But next... Sir Yacht, Joey Kinsley, talks about the worst cooks in America and everything social media-wise here on Around the Hearn. Danny the Dealmaker, are you ready? Ready for what, Eric? Brand new cars and trucks are rolling into Lee Kitzel Chevy Buick GMC again. That's great, because we need pre-owned trades big time. Yep, Danny, have I mentioned lately how much respect I have for this country? Not in the last five minutes. Even the virus can't keep us down. GM workers are back strong and building the best there is. And we're here proud to represent the greatest products on the American road, Chevy, Buick, and GMC. And I love how so many of us in the area have remained positive, helping each other and staying the course. No matter how long this situation takes to resolve itself, please keep this in mind. Lee Kinsel GM Sales and Service has been around for 50 years, and we'll be around for another 50 years. Wherever you're listening, you're always welcome here in Van Wert. At Kinsel's, it's all about clear, easy-to-understand deals, best quality pre-owned vehicles, top-of-the-line financing, and world-class service. See us online at LeeKinsel.com. Call 866-LEE-KINSEL. Better yet, stop in at 650 West Durban Road in Van Wert. Thank you for finding new roads to help us rebuild the American economy. Welcome back here to the show, and it's funny how things work out. I am not a TikTok guy, but my wife has sent me thousands of videos and says you have to watch this. And one of the uh, guys that keeps recurring is a young man named Sir Yacht, a.k.a. Joey Kinsley. And I watch the videos, and I always laugh about uh, the assertion of different things from Ohio and having spent some time in the Cleveland area and kind of how he sees the rest of the state, which is apparently mostly cornfields. Uh, Joe, you've had quite uh, quite a good run here with social media. Yeah, no, uh, thanks for thanks for having me on. It's, it's been it's been crazy, and uh, I, I've been doing social media for a few years, and I think it really amplified um, when uh, quarantine started in March, particularly with TikTok. That's when I started making videos there, and uh, yeah, there's just a lot of people watching, and I think a lot of people. Um, really gravitate to Ohio and, and, and Cleveland and, and, and whatever they're, wherever they're from. Um, they really, you know, they really gravitate to getting some attention there. So I think that's why the, uh, the Ohio videos kind of took off and did what they did. So I just, it was, it's been a lot of fun. I'm going to try and keep it going as long as I can. Did I read the story right that it kind of started with you doing videos, you were at a party and maybe had had, uh, a little bit of help, uh, rather from the liquid form and from a couple of friends. Yeah, that's where the Sir Yacht name came from. Was uh, yeah, some some 
some liquid courage, just bring forward some stuff. But um, in terms of like making videos, the, the first uh, ever content I made was right after the Browns when I was 16. And one of my good friends, Tom Ravella, told me to uh, make a rant on uh, the team. So I, I made a video that uh, got in. My first video got on SportsCenter Snapchat. So I'm like, oh, God, wow, that's crazy. So we had, I ended up making more content um, on Twitter. And then, like I said, I ended up on TikTok uh, last March just making some stuff around Ohio because uh, there were people making some videos about Ohio stuff, and I thought it was funny. So I said I could probably do it myself, too, and it just it took off right away, too. Well, it kind of helps you, I would think, uh, being able to figure out you know what works and what the trends are and stuff with your real job in the real world being a digital marketing guy. Yeah, no, it's funny how um, both of them kind of overlap right now. Um, it's, it's, it's cool with like, especially with the content stuff. Um, there's just so much overlap. So it, it almost like, you know, like you said, it goes hand in hand with, you know, what I'm, what I'm doing right now. It's, um, yeah, it's kind of funny how it works, I guess. I would think that they would be over the moon right now because they would have a lot of people of, well, I mean, he clearly knows what he's doing. Maybe I should go out that way and see what they can do for me. Well, I think, um, uh, no, I, and, and it's funny that, you know, people, I've heard that from people and I just, it, it kind of just blows me away. Um, it's, I've gotten a lot of support, a lot of people that see value in kind of what I do, uh, especially going around. I, I make a lot of videos for towns right now in Ohio and, uh, you know, they, just, for people to see kind of the vision, the value that I've been, uh, looking at for, you know, a long time, it's finally coming into fruition is just, uh, it's, I couldn't even put it into words. It's, it's just amazing. Currently. Worst Cooks in America. I haven't seen episode two yet. So we were in Cleveland for a couple of days and, and trying to get some stuff done. But I'm excited to watch it. I, I watched last week, and I think the greatest compliment I could pay you, at knowing how TV editing works just a little bit, is you weren't featured in a lot of the takeaways where they seem to berate the people who or did the worst. Yeah, um, that's kind of what it looks like, too. I'm, I'm legally not allowed to talk about the show too much unless I have a publicist on the on the call. But what I can say is, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, there, there are a lot of people on the show. Um, so I, maybe I, I didn't get as much, uh, publicity as my, uh, colleagues that were a little crazier, but, uh, it was, it was a good time. And it's still, even it's, you know, so some airtime is better than no airtime. That's kind of how I've been looking at it. It's true. All I'll say is I'm a big fan of Joey carrots. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. I laughed about that one for 10 minutes after that happened. And, uh, thank you. I, we enjoy the show. It's always cool to see somebody uh, rocky river's not all that far away from her, where my wife grew up up there and spent a lot of time up there I actually know a couple of people from up there that uh have have just said great things and it, it's cool to see you're able to branch out you go to different parts of ohio and of course there's the the chili bet or the not jump in the river bet it was cool to see people who don't know this that you said hey if the Bengals beat the Steelers. I'll go jump in the river. And a lot of folks were very nice to you on Twitter and told you you probably shouldn't do that. Yeah, a lot of people in um, Cincinnati, too. I mean, it was something I said because I just was like, there's no way this is going to happen. The Steelers are going to blow out the Bengals. They don't have Joe Burrow. So I'm just going to say some outlandish stuff. Well, you learn to uh, yeah, maybe not say that stuff and shut your mouth. And because, you know, anything's kind of possible. And, and I just, I couldn't even, I couldn't even believe it. But um, yeah, so people like, especially a, a few people in Cincinnati, they're like, yeah, don't, don't do that. 
because uh, we it, it's really disgusting, and uh, there have been people that have died going into the river. I'm like, okay, that's all I needed to do, but I was like, I still need to go down there. So made the trek down to Cincinnati and just went in front of Paul Brown Stadium and thanked the Bengals for winning. I thought that'd be, you know, it's not the tweet and the promise that I made, but I think people hopefully appreciated the effort I put in. Between that and my other personal favorite one that people can find on both the TikTok and your Twitter feed is uh, you shut your mouth off about uh, having to eat deodorant if something happened. I did. I did. Um, if uh, Ohio State beat Clemson, I said I would eat some deodorant. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I've been doing this stuff, and I, uh, you know, I, 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 for whatever reason I'm doing it, it's like kind of a win-win. Like, if they win, that's great. And also, I get to, uh, you know, uh, pursue and further my social media <laughs> career, and that that is by eating deodorant. And then I put out also, um, this weekend, I said at the Browns, beat the Steelers, I'd go skydiving. And uh, Ashland, Ohio has a skydiving facility. And of course, the Browns won, so I got to set that up. Uh, but they don't open for like March or March or April. But yeah, I never thought I'd go skydiving. And uh, yeah, but here we are. From everything that I've read and everything that you've said in interviews, your girlfriend, Paige, is a, a very smart young lady. What does she say? Does she just laugh at this point when you come up with these things of if this happens? Yeah, no, she's she's been dating me since the, like the very beginning when I've been doing this stuff, and yeah, it's I always tell people it's kind of funny. It's like, hey, like I'm over here eating deodorant, and my girlfriend's you know trying to go be a brain surgeon or whatever. So it's a little confusing, but no, she yeah, she just laughs and she's very supportive and she understands kind of what I'm doing, and we're both very I think supportive of each other. Uh, yeah, I, I, I found I found a really good one. I'm, I'm I'm really lucky. Is there one thing that you've done or you've come up with that that it turned out really well because people were just like, "Why would this guy do this?" But you just overly regret. Um, overly regret. I don't think I overly regret anything. It did take me a while to recover from driving down to Cincinnati because I I didn't sleep that day. Um, I drove at like 1 a.m. to Cincinnati and got back here at like 9 o'clock. So it, it's like a three-hour and 45-minute drive each way, and yeah, it was it was brutal, but it was worth it. Was worth it. It was just it, I I had I like came back that day and I had him go make a video for Kashak in Ohio, which is uh, that night, which is about a two-hour drive from Cleveland. So it's just I never recovered sleep-wise. So maybe I regretted not getting a lot of sleep. How about that? <laughs> I've made that drive. It's not fun. Uh... Yeah, it's it's funny talking to Joey Kinsley, aka Suryat, on the uh, social medias, and we're going to talk about the Browns at Ohio State here in uh, just a few. But it's it's so cool to see how people gravitate to the good parts of social media, and I laugh when I can see something that you've put up where I just you can look at it and go, "All right, people are going to be all over this." And it's just, it's a kudo to you that, that people are, are being able to do that. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I think I have some sort of formula, at least on, on both apps, as to kind of what to do now. And, and it's cool, yeah. And, and you know, I, I put, um, I've been doing this for at least on Twitter for three years now. And it's it's nice to see, like, you know, kind of the hard work that I've put in and everything like that. And people kind of, I, I, I have a formula now, like, like I said, and it's neat you kind of know what to do or you have an idea of what you should do for videos and things like that. And people just send me video ideas and, uh, it, for things. And it's, it's just cool. Cause I, I, it's like less work for me to like do and seek out because people want me to do something. It's nice when people want you to show up places and they give you food. Yes, that too. That too. So, um, yeah, this stuff has been kind of taken off with making videos for towns, 
uh, predominantly in Ohio. And it's, uh, yeah, the food is, food is a good aspect of it. That's for sure. But they, they show me around and, and show me the best places in town. Uh, there's just a bunch of happy people doing that. And, you know, you, you find all these hidden gems in Ohio. The, the state gets kind of a bad rap for uh, legitimately no reason. So it's just, uh, it's cool to see all these places. And, uh, yeah, like you said, the free food is, uh, free food is a nice benefit as well. Well, that's what I said before. I'm sure that there are a lot of folks, whenever the world gets back to normal, that between Putnam and Mercer and Auglaise County, that they will be uh, more than welcoming to find you some really good places you've probably never even imagined you've heard of the town. Right. No, exactly. Um, and yeah, people are, like I said, I have people that are like mayors and visitors girls that are reaching out to me, which I think is really cool. And my like, I, I just for people to you know, want to have me come in to promote their town. It just doesn't make any sense. It's something that I never thought in a bajillion years I would stumble upon. And yeah, it's, just, it's confusing, but I'm really glad people see value in kind of what I do. Let's talk about the Browns and the Ohio State Buckeyes when we come back here in just a few. The Spencerville Athletic Boosters are a 501c3 organization committed to supporting the student athletes at Spencerville local schools. All donations made to the boosters go to the athletes for new jerseys, huddle equipment, and much, much more. To learn more about the boosters and to help our athletes succeed on the field with your generosity off the field, please visit facebook.com slash Spencerville Athletic Boosters. Or if you have questions, please contact Sean McFerrin at BearcatBoosters at Outlook.com. Let's go Bearcats. Back now talking to Joey Kinsley Suryat on the uh, Twitter, the Instagram, the TikTok, and everywhere that you are looking at for videos. No matter what you're doing to try to kill time, I guarantee you'll be amused about it. We start Sunday. Uh, Cleveland Browns, what a huge win. I mean, we were sitting in the car listening to it. It's 7 nothing in a flash. It's 28 nothing all of a sudden. And as a lifelong Clevelander, though, and a Browns fan, did you feel okay at the half? Oh no, God no! I uh, I was like struggling from the get go, just so nervous. I mean, it 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 was funny. It's like as the Browns continued to build this twenty eight to zero lead in the uh, the first quarter, I would it, I would proportionally get more nervous, and it just didn't make any sense. But we had big leads against Dallas, big leads against Tennessee, and look, I mean, it's they just have not they don't know how to hold on to a lead. It's, but they're fine because it's a young te- young team and they're learning. But you know, it, it, like when the Steelers scored a touchdown, it was it was twenty eight to seven. I was like, oh my god, like it's over. Um, so that's what you think as a Browns fan. Every I was watching with uh, my girlfriend's parents and they're you know Panthers fans. And they just don't understand. And nobody like, what are you talking about? Like this is good. I'm like, no, it's not. Like it's just we're like it's like PTSD from all the sports tragedies that and they all have, have names. That's sports. the worst part. Yeah, they all have names. They're all Wikipedia pages. It's just that's how bad it is. So I, um, yeah, I, I was kind of nervous during the half, but I was also really happy at the same time. But I mean, as you know, it's just you got to play a full forty-eight minutes or full full sixty minutes. I'm a Dallas fan. We didn't play twenty minutes all year. Yeah, that's a that's a whole other thing. Yeah. No, but that's been a, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. all. Another yeah, thing. that's just terrible. We didn't. It's just not even a thing. Uh, it is funny though because. It really has been with uh, the past 15 years or so of being up in that area and being around everything. You get to kind of see how people ebb and flow during games, whether it's the, you know, the Cavs when they get LeBron and they get good and then he leaves and what everything has become to now they're building back or the Indians and, and my wife and I were at the 16 series in game seven, how that went or now the Browns of 
yeah, well, they're the Browns. They'll figure out a way to Browns it up. And that seems to be what all the Pittsburgh fans thought. But now they're the ones wearing the egg. Yeah, and like you kind of summed it up perfectly. I mean, the, the, the team has had a verb named after them that means horrible. <laughs> I mean, no other team has that, you know, kind of recognition. So hopefully that, that verb just goes out the damn window because you're kind of tired of hearing your team become a verb for horrible. So, but it is just how it's been for 20, 21 years. And, you know, a guy named Kevin Stefanski comes in and completely changes the culture. He wasn't even there for the playoff game. But I think Colin Coward made a really good point yesterday and was that he's changed the, like his, the culture was there, even though Stefanski wasn't like this. The things that Stefanski has been putting in all year since he got hired a year ago from yesterday uh, was has been there. So it didn't matter if he was there or not. My favorite story about that whole thing is not the, the essential 10 guys that were missing from top to bottom was the uh, the guard that they brought in from New Jersey who didn't even practice with the team, comes in, plays 17 snaps at the end, gets paid forty grand. Gets paid forty grand. His birthday was the next day. And he met Baker Mayfield after the game. He's he hasn't even met he hasn't even met Kevin Stefanski yet. It's just I don't understand it. Guys on the practice squad, yeah, like you said, no practice. I mean, just what a miraculous like fairy tale story. It, it just doesn't. The more you think about the game, the more you can't understand how the Browns won, especially against the Steelers, who they've never beaten, especially against Ben Roethlisberger, who they have never beaten. It just I, I the more I think about it, I the more ludicrous I think it is. Yeah, everything should go against them. You go into that game, you're missing all these stories. And I heard Jim Donovan talk about it on the radio broadcast of, you know, here's 10 minutes of doom and gloom of, all right, this is, as you were alluding to, this is how the Browns are going to Brown. Well, <laughs> okay, every once in a while, there's a rabbit pulled out of a hat and things go right. Oh, yeah. it's. I mean, that's a good point by Jim. Look, it's, this has been a long time coming. We have, have some of the most supportive fans, probably the most supportive fans in, in all football and all fandom. This is support complete mediocrity for 20 years, to, you know, for this to happen. It's been a long time coming, but um, I know a lot of people would love to see the Browns continue to go uh, further and further. It's, they got a tall task against the Kansas City Chiefs, but, you know, they were they were underdogs against the Steelers, and it's, you, it's not a seven-game series like it is in the NBA or in the MLB. It is one game, so... You got it. That's the cool thing about single elimination is you never know what's going to happen. You got to show up and play the game. Of course, you know if they lose, then it's going to be we should have left Stefanski in the basement. Right. Yeah, and they're going to do that and and, and probably fire him because the special teams coach won a playoff game. Yeah. So yeah, something like that. You know, people are going to say, of course. Even though this year he won more games than the last two coaches combined. Isn't that nuts? <laughs> and and Hugh, well, Freddie was one year, and, and Hugh was what two and a half, two and a half years or so. It's I, I man, I, I don't. It's, it's, it's you finally have a, a guy that's confident. And the funny thing is, um, you know, disrespect to Freddie, but they picked Freddie over Stefanski. That I mean, Stefanski was the second choice when Freddie got hired. And it's like, are you how? How did that one happen? But um, you know, I mean, I I, I was fine with the Freddie Kitchens offer, offer, and I was kind of I was kind of disappointed this Stefanski one. But you know, I, I clearly don't know anything about coaching, so and I think a lot of people don't either. But it was a great hire, obviously. It's only because you can't figure out how to put that into a minute video. You can't. You gotta get that to right. figure that one out. Yeah, that's a tough one. Tough time constraint thing to do. Of course, I mean it can't be worse than some of the coaches, Jacksonville. Um, anyways, right. Uh, Ohio State is in the national championship game against Alabama. Everybody's talking a lot about that game and about how that's going to go. 
it kind of turned into a practice for the screen game for Alabama for a while. It doesn't go well. Uh, Devontae Smith has a monster half and ends up breaking a bunch of records. Doesn't play in the second half. Yeah, um, he's a stud. And the problem is when you put a linebacker on him that does not run very fast. I mean, nobody runs as fast as he does in the country, but to put a linebacker on him, uh, you're not going to have too much success. Sean Wade, before the game this week, said he you know wants to cover him and got exposed play after play. It's not even that Ohio State played bad. They were down 13 people. Trey Sermon got injured the first play of the game. It's just that's how talented Alabama is. They were just better than anybody in the country. And some people gave them decent games, but they they just have been better than everybody. Um, and I thought Ohio State might have a chance. But, look, I mean, that defense is just decimated by Alabama and Devontae Smith in particular. And Mac Jones could throw and do no wrong. It's not like Mac is a stud quarterback. He just has a great offensive line and a lot of great weapons. And credit to Alabama, they, they smoked Ohio State. But it's not like, again, like Ohio State necessarily didn't play horrible. It's just Alabama's just that good. They were just that much better, yeah. And that's a crazy thing because it's kind of like a lot of people are uh, akinning it to LSU last year, but I, I really don't know. I, I don't know what's one, what one is more impressive because there's not really any kind of hole for either one of those teams. They just continue to, we're going to go down the field and we're just going to put up, and we're going to do whatever we want. Well, it's a thing, and, and, and you can almost see it happening because it, it's, Every time they march down the field, it's just, you know, it's either like the smallest game they have was like five or six yards, and Ohio State couldn't do anything to stop them. And it, it, I think it, the first, whatever, four or five possessions, they were all touchdowns, and Ohio State was in it because they were scoring as well. But yeah, that, this is, that's one of the better Alabama teams that they've had in a, in a, in a long time. And, you know, credit to Nick Saban for building that up. And six championships at the program, seven overall, that's historic. I mean, he's. he's I think the greatest college football coach of all time. I would be remiss if I did not ask you about the Indians. Frankie Lindor is a Met now. I'm super sad about it. I mean, what what's the thought on how this year is going to be? Yeah, I um I'm very sad about it too. But the credit to the Dolans for you know dropping that bomb right when the Browns uh you know were in contention for beating the Steelers in the playoffs and this whole storming the Capitol thing. There's a lot of distractions uh, for for Indians fans. Uh, when they did it, it's not like it was the only news that was available at that time. But yeah, it's a little unfortunate. I guess they made an offer for him that was like two hundred twenty-five, two hundred fifty mil. But uh, you know, it's probably a hundred mil short. But it's still not a bad offer for a small market team. But you just didn't do enough to get them, and you know, it sucks. It, it's I'm tired of being a damn small market you know farm team for the Yankees and the Mets, Dodgers, and all the big market teams. They I. I the, the MLB is doing such a disservice for to teams like the Royals, Indians, Twins, you know, Rays, all these small market teams. Like, I think they have to have a salary cap. I think they have to have a salary floor for owners to be able to spend a minimum, more than a minimum. And it's just, it's so sad. It, and the MLB and the NBA, I mean, the NBA and the NFL have a salary cap, salary, and salary floor to an extent. And I, the MLB just needs to do it because it's, I think it's just ruining the game overall, ruining the, the parity at least too. Unfortunately, I don't have enough time on this show to go into how Rob Manfred has ruined baseball. That might be a, a different episode of the show. He has killed it. He has killed. He has killed baseball. It. it I mean, it, it. You look at sports talk shows right now. Not necessarily that they, you know, put out amazing information, but it's all about you know marketability for players and who and just big names, things like that. And the MLB does does not do it. The NHL almost does a better job of marketing players, and that's. 
that's how bad the MLB has become. There's no, like, it's you true. don't have guys, like, Mike Trout is, like, the face of the MLB, and they You can put him in a lineup, and five people couldn't pick him out. They couldn't pick him out. It's it's horrible. Yep. The MLB, it, he has absolutely killed baseball. Yep. Uh, that's, uh, again, I, I have a whole other show for that. Um, what's next for Sir Yacht coming up? Yes, yeah, so I'm continuing to make some videos for towns and local businesses. Um, I think the funny, the fun thing about what I do is that I don't know what's coming up. It's a lot of just as spontaneous and it's dependent on, you know, what happens in the world of sports and the Cleveland and, and other things. And so I'm, I'm always keeping an eye out for that and, and being attentive to, you know, what can work, what I can, uh, what kind of trends I can attack. But I think, uh, I'm, I'm anticipating to really hit the content hard, uh, this year, really work on TikTok a lot and growing that and not just making it Ohio, but, you know, maybe a national thing as well. And I uh, just seeing where it goes, having a lot of fun with it and, you know, trying to make a, trying to make a good career out of this, hopefully. For the people who aren't following you, who need to be following you, where do they go and why should they follow you? Yeah. So the, the reason they should follow me, I'll say that first is because, uh, if you, if you have nothing else to do, I feel like, you know, I might be able to, might be able to give you some, some a few minutes of, uh, at least a distraction. Um, is I, I've seen, I've had some Steelers fans that follow me and they're like, Hey, like I can tolerate the content. I'm like, okay, I don't know why you follow me. You must be a masochist, but I appreciate <laughs> that. But I have a lot of fun doing stuff. And, um, you know, I put my heart and soul into everything. And I've had a lot of energy there. And, um, yeah, I, I try and keep the content as diverse as possible. And, um, it's just fun. But yeah, TikTok, Suryat, everywhere Suryat. I'm on TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, got merch. I'm in a band called Maui Ski Club. So I, I think uh, wherever you are, wherever you're, whatever you're doing, I think you can kind of find me on there. Has the video podcast started yet? Yeah, so we, uh, I, I've been doing that for a little bit, but um, yeah, we have a live show every Monday called the Yacht Club. and um, We just switched hosts. and have a lady named Gab Gowdy who I've been friends with for a while. Uh, we, we started doing our first live show uh, last evening before the Buckeyes game. And it was a lot of fun. She's a uh, a great host, and I'm looking forward to making sure that show as well. Well, I have enjoyed it. Uh, Joey Kinsley, Worst Cooks in America, every Sunday night. Uh, trust me, you need to watch it. There are some great characters on this show, and uh, continue to do big things. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate that. That's luck to you as well. Back in just a few with some more. Danny the Dealmaker, are you ready? Ready for what, Eric? Brand new cars and trucks are rolling into Lee Kitzel Chevy Buick GMC again. That's great, because we need pre-owned trades big time. Yep, Danny, have I mentioned lately how much respect I have for this country? Not in the last five minutes. Even the virus can't keep us down. GM workers are back strong and building the best there is. And we're here proud to represent the greatest products on the American road. Chevy, Buick, and GMC. And I love how so many of us in the area have remained positive, helping each other and staying the course. No matter how long this situation takes to resolve itself, please keep this in mind. Lee Kinsel GM Sales and Service has been around for 50 years, and we'll be around for another 50 years. Wherever you're listening, you're always welcome here in Van Wert. At Kinsel's, it's all about clear, easy-to-understand deals, best quality pre-owned vehicles, top-of-the-line financing, and world-class service. See us online at LeeKinsel.com. Call 866-LEE-KINSEL. Better yet, stop in at 650 West Durban Road in Van Wert. Thank you for finding new roads to help us rebuild the American economy. I've often said that when I bring people on this podcast and I'm pretty well connected to them as far as being able to see them, their teams play or them play or whatever. But uh, this guy and I go back a little bit, Travis Lewis. It's funny now the head coach at Toledo St. Francois, I shouldn't say now, but almost 10 years, 
I get these alerts every January right around MLK weekend about it's been now 10 years since a trip to South Florida and the Warriors played a national title game. I tell people all the time, you're one of my favorite receivers to watch because I knew coming up in crunch time, T. Lou's going to get the ball and something big's going to happen. Yeah, uh, I've played a lot of a lot of football. Um, playing at Eastern, playing at uh, playing arena football, and my most enjoyable time playing was with the Lima Warriors. I mean, it was really weekend Warriors guys who had either played somewhere or just had a passion to play, and it was enjoyable. It was fun. Um, somebody brought the fun back. So when we we got a chance to play in that national championship a few years ago, or almost a decade ago, it was just, hey, help these guys get to get to a level of which I got to play in, and, and we can say we achieved something. But my, some of my most exciting times, the most memorable times playing football with the Lima Warriors. It's funny to me to look back at it now because we have a lot of pictures and a lot of memories. I remember on that trip, the bus breaking down, uh, getting just outside of Orlando, and the bus driver saying in response to, why are we only doing 55 on the highway? Oh, yeah, no, the bus has been broken for like an hour. But this doesn't seem like a problem to you? <laughs> See, I, uh, Corey Messer, my brother-in-law, who was uh, the quarterback for that team, he rode the bus. But I went to Orlando to work out for a CFL team. I think uh, Edinburgh had a workout the day before we played the national championship. So I flew down. So I remember driving back, you know, and Corey called, like, I think you guys just passed us on the way back from Orlando. Our bus broke down. We are like, what's going on? So, And we had a lot of characters on that team. Chris Brooks, who was obviously the jokester of them all, the Don Coleman. So it was, it was, it was quite the trip. I, you speak of LaDon Coleman, and he's one that I would always bring up because with you on one side and him on the other side, uh, defensive backs had to sort of pick their poison, and he knew that one day they were going to get theirs. It was either going to be you or Don, and Corey was going to find you in the most ridiculous way. And I mean, that just has to be fun, knowing you guys go out there and one of you has a chance to score on every play. Yeah, we uh, LaDon would always call himself Superman. So even like when I was playing or I was in college and they were playing with the Toledo teams, I would go and he'd go, oh, Superman, 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 because he could fly. So when we started playing together, I said, oh, I guess I can't be Superman. I got to be Batman because I never can be somebody's co-pilot when we play. And uh, it, it kind of brought us together. Um, and I knew if they were going to pack it in on me, LeDon was going to beat them over the top. So it's, it, it was fun. We played, we, uh, we actually played in flag time about two long ago and just reminisce about those times. Well, it's so funny, too, because Don always tells me, man, you know, Travis was more of the possession guy, and I was the big score guy. I'm like, how do you think you got there, Don? Well, because I'm fast. Um, he, uh, I always say if LaDon had hands, I think he would have been a Division two, Division one wide <laughs> receiver because the dude could flat-out fly. And, I, I mean, he called me the possession receiver. I just think I was just a better route runner. But I can I can pull some film up where I think I won over top a few times also. It's so funny. Those are, like you said, those are the great times that I remember of just being around and not knowing what ridiculous thing was going to happen. And and for a long stretch, I mean, Lima, obviously one of the winningest teams in that 10-year period. I think something crazy, like 125 wins in eight years or something. And uh, those were the good times back when semi-pro was actually fun. Yeah, and we're talking about 125 wins in eight years when you only play 17 to 20 games a year if you go deep in the tournament. 
So it was a lot of winning. I, I played two, it was two years with Lima. We lost one game, a game that we shouldn't have lost because we just went into it with our back-to-back national champion t-shirts already. And I'm like, oh, this ain't good. And we, uh, we got thumped. But it was, uh, it was some great experiences, some great times, some, 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 life, some lifelong relationships built through competitive football. People who might not know, know you played both basketball and uh, football in college. You turned that into uh, coaching in college. You, you end up at St. Francis now in your ninth year. How did that all come to be? Oh, uh, so I was playing basketball in China, and uh, I got cut. I was averaging like 17 and 12. Thought I was really playing well. Found out the professional way is if you're an American and you're international, you're supposed to be good. Okay? Your team's never supposed to lose. And in China, you, uh, if you are top, if you blow teams out, it's a form of disrespect. So I end up getting cut. I come back. I go into, I go to work out at the school at Eastern. And my college coach called me in and he said, you know, you would be a much better coach than you would and, uh, a player. And at first I took it as an insult and he was just joking. I shrug it off. Two days later he called me and said, Hey, listen, I really think you can make a lot of money doing this. I want you to take me up on my offer. So I GA with him. Um, stayed there for a year. Uh, the next year, he offered me an assistant spot. Had one of our assistants got a head D two job. He didn't get it. And uh, I, my wife is from Toledo, so many people don't know. My wife is starting point guard at Michigan, um, and one of the top ten scores in Michigan history for the women's program. And she went to Central Catholic, so she was graduating, coming back. And I just started calling people in this area. Hey, is the coaching opportunities? Coaching opportunities. And uh, Owens called uh, Kevin Skaggs over at Owens. He called and. He said, hey, I know you wanted to – I applied for Scott, actually. He said, I know you applied for the Scott job, but if you don't get it, I got an assistant spot available. And I went there with him for a year. He was released. I was the interim. I stayed on with a uh, coach that took over at Hofstra um, and Dave Clark. And St. Francis opened up and came over and interviewed. And I was at Owens working. Jess was going back to school to get her nursing degree. And I said, well, I can't leave Owens because I'd have to – give up the free tuition for the night to get us something to do. St. Francis said, I'll pay for it. The, the priest, Father O, said, we'll pay for it. I'm like, man, they must really want me over here. And I never in a million years thought I'd be here this long. Um, I thought three, four years max, and then I'd be back in college. But it, I've kind of created a culture, created an environment, and got a lot of resources to where, uh, in most cases, my job here is better than a lot of third assistants at the Division One level. So it's just been able to, to, to build a program, build something, and still have a lifestyle, having some fun at home. So that's all. You've got a team now that a lot of people are paying attention to. Last year, not as much where they picked you in the track coming into the year. You're picked to win the track. You sit at 1-0 on the year. You're 2-3 and three right now, but you had that kind of weird long lull from December 29th when you played to a couple of days ago when you had Ipsy Prep at home. I mean, how do you keep the kids – I don't want to say invested, but on track during that time off. Oh, it's been difficult. Um, if you know anything about our program, our, our next season starts in June. So we've been knocked off track since June 1st. Usually we go to Texas or we go to Florida or we go to Arizona for like 10 days at the beginning of the summer with the new group. We play against teams that's out of the country I get them away, or out of the state. I get them away from their parents. We stay in hotels. We do team bonding. We work on the beach. Uh, a few years ago, we did a lot of stuff with James Harden's AAU team, and we didn't have that this summer. So despite the fact that I was returning all my guys, we didn't 
have the I didn't have the opportunity as a coach to continue the process of building what was necessary for us to have great team chemistry. And then you get into the season, and we went we went three weeks where we could only practice two days a week on a half of a sports uh, sports court over in Savannah, in Savannah, uh, next to Toledo. And it's been uh, we've been back in our own gym for about eight days, and we've accomplished more in the eight days than we accomplished in the first six weeks of the season. And just having the kids with some consistency, um, trying not to stay, trying to stay healthy and stay in shape. Uh, we haven't been able to lift weights as much as we have in the past. So what I've tried to do really is just to stay super transparent and work on the mental aspect of it. I think a lot of times with our with our youth and our teenagers, they get caught up in the process, right? They need they need a routine, they need consistency. So I've consistently just tried to communicate to them what's going on. If a game got canceled. Immediately when I find out they get, they get canceled, I let them know about the quarantine, filling them in on what's going on with the schedule, and just really keeping them abreast with communicating on what's going on and hoping that helps us. Uh, but it's it's going to be interesting coming down the stretch on who really grows and possibly get, gets better because we, I'm just hoping that we don't get any setbacks and, and lose more time and, and get back into an unconventional schedule. You've said on social media we'll play anybody anywhere, anytime, and, and when you're allowed to because of everything that happened in Lucas County. Other night, you get uh, Ipsy Prep. Obviously, a lot of talent on that team. Second straight year, you talked about, I mean, who else is going to play possible number one draft picks in a two-year span by choice? But you've got, I mean, outside of the track even, you've got heavy hitters just all over your schedule. Yeah, we... If you, our goal is to win a state championship. And you know, we talked about winning the national championship with Lima. Um, I played two Division One sports, played two professional sports. I consider myself a winner. Um, I consider myself, like people talk about having fun. And to me, winning is fun. And winning championships is even more fun. And, and for us to be able to be battle-tested when you get into the state tournament, every game gets harder. You could take the rat tail game and win by 20. And then the next game, you're going to win by 15. And the next game, you'll win by 10. And then the next game, you find yourself in a two-possession game. So it's so much learning going on outside of our normal calendar schedule as far as our conference to where it's just like, okay, we've been in this situation before. We've been in this scenario. And then at the same time, giving our guys, I want to run our program like a college program. So I'm giving our guys the opportunity to not only function as a college program, but also play against college caliber players. I mean, for a lot of for ninety percent of my roster, their biggest uh, memory of high school is going to be playing against Amani Bates. Two years ago, ninety percent of that roster, their biggest memory is going to be playing against Ball. So, just giving them memories and at the same time preparing the best way I know how through competition with the schedule, and then uh, and then finally just competing competing, being battle-tested, and being ready for the state tournament. Just for you personally, when you get to a track game and you see Q's Lima Cedar Spartans on the other side, does that one is that one a little more, I don't want to say fun to you, but does it mean a little bit more to you just because of your history with the Bean? Oh, it's, it's, so, uh, <laughs> it's so unique in a way that me, me and Q are – the only African-American coaches in the conference. So instantly we have a bond from that standpoint. Coach Q's a dad who's had a lot of success, um, obviously, with 
with his son and Xavier having success. So me having a nine-year-old and a seven-year-old, I look to him from the standpoint of like, okay, what things did you do to keep Xavier on the right track? Um, the fact that every time I go to line with Dave Lagan gives me a phone call or, or uh, no two or three people in the stands, um, that, 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 also, that also means something because you, wanna, you want them to see you have success. Um, and the way that Q runs his program and the way that I run my program and the intensity that both of us have, it just it creates such a competitive environment. And as a competitor, you just embrace that. Um, so I enjoy every time that we play. Like my kids naturally, um, the, when we first took over, St. John's was the big thing. But now, every time we talk about Lima, we're going like, ooh, I hate Lima. We got to beat Lima. We got to beat Lima. So even my two sons have created a rivalry with Lima and not understanding the history behind it and the connection that I have to Lima. Um, it's funny when we go to Lima, I don't even think that a lot of the fans there know the connection that I have for Lima. Um, a few years ago, Biggie was the freshman, uh, Biggie was the freshman coach. And I'm like, man, nobody would ever guess that me and Biggie played football together. <laughs> and, I, and he was the one that actually connected me and Q to get us to have a better relationship and actually know each other. Cause I had no idea who she was before, uh, before he took over. So it's definitely, I mean, every time we play them, obviously I want to win, but it's more of a competitive, let's prepare, let's get ready for this because you're going against a, a counterpart who's just as competitive as you, and then you have ties to the program that he's running as well as your program. You come out of the FC Prep game the other night. You go into a trip to Toledo Central Catholic on Friday night. What do you take out of that game, the last game going into the next one? What uh, did the kids, are you on track right now, kind of coming out of that game going into this one? I think we've gotten more on track. I think, as a coach, I never accept a moral victory, ever. But for where we were, um, and, and not having a June, I feel like we had uh, a break in the locker room, right? We didn't have the type of chemistry that I think we need in order to be successful. And leading up to Issy Prep, those are the only things that we talked about. We never watched film on Issy Prep. We watched videos on team chemistry. We watched videos about eye contact with the coaches. We, we watched videos on how to prepare how do we embrace the process? And when we got ready to play, I showed three three clips. And it was two clips when uh, FC Prep played down in Dallas and a kid stopped at the free throw line and just allowed Imani to dunk. And I said, hey, if you're too scared to get dunked on and you don't want to be on his highlight page, this is not the program for you. And when we came out of the game, you, you could tell we had got tougher as a unit. So now going into the central game, We've made it clear, hey, we've set the expectation of how tough we should play each night. You know the expectation of, of how hard you can compete and what you're able to push yourself to. Now it's about being consistent and doing it night in and night out, and that's the standard. And you would think with a returning team, with having four seniors and four starters coming back, that that would be easy to do. But when you have 12 guys on the team, that's only 33% of your roster. So getting that other... 66% to say, hey, this is the expectation at that level. Um, and then I, my starting, I had to bring a player off the bench who was late to a couple practices. And my best player in my league score was out with a high ankle sprain. So now my seventh and eighth man, one of them being a true freshman and the other being a junior, got quality time against the, arguably the best player in the nation. So hopefully that gives them some confidence moving forward. Um, it, it solidifies what we need to do to be tough each night, and it just helps us stay on track in order to start playing better basketball more consistently. 
Well, I know I am excited. I have you guys when you come to Ottawa on February the 6th. And to see that group in that gym, I mean, it's a gym famous for so many big games. To be able to get you guys in that environment, I'm excited to call that game. I know I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and it's, for me, it's been a frustration with COVID because of the experience that it took from a lot of our guys. I mean, had COVID not been here Tuesday, would have been mayhem. It would have been crazy. Yeah, the sold but out on the door would have been still, something completely different. It would have been something completely different. It would, and we sold it out before against St. John's. We sold it out before against Central. So I know how how rushing our student section can be, and how how hot and loud our gym could be. Um, but doing things like playing at LG with the history that it has behind it, having a chance to play against Imani, um, hopefully getting to play in some, some nice ventures later down later down the road, at least gives you as a senior or a junior who missed out on the experience of having people at the game, an opportunity to say, hey, I, I still have a chance to do something special during my senior year. So um, I'm excited. I'm just I told our guys, every night, senior night, I'm just excited for the next game because we don't know if we're going to get another opportunity to play or not. And I, I think they've embraced that, that thought process and that process or that mindset also. Well, I can't thank you enough for doing this. I'm excited to see what you guys can do the rest of the season. I, I loved being able to see your team I had heard a lot about it, obviously, with the Lima connection. My dude, Devin Jones, talks a lot about, hey, man, do you see what Travis's team is doing? I ask him now, hey, Devin, do you see a suit game? <laughs> and that, that is – so you talk about, you talk about like, having the right mindset consistency, right? We've always, as a coaching staff, dress nice, look nice, put our, put our, put our sport coats on. Our kids wear game day attire where they wear navy blue blazers and khakis. And this year with COVID and the NCAA, I said, hey, we're going polos. And I got our kids travel suits. And we jumped on the bus and went to uh, Gahanna Lincoln, and we got thumped by 34. And I walked in the locker room, and I said, we're going back to our standards. So that was our first game coming out with our suits on. And, and it actually felt good to just look fly again. <laughs> <laughs> so that would be, be consistent moving forward. And I don't think we'll go back to the polo. Well, I wish you good luck tomorrow night and uh, the whole rest of the season until we see you hopefully way down the line wherever the tournament trail ends. Man, I appreciate it, Mike. Man, I appreciate the support, the tweets before the game, and just just keeping that line of connection going and, and letting you know, like, winning winning builds relationships. Like, if we would have been friends, we'd never even known each other. But the fact that we were a national championship team, it's created lifelong relationships, and I, I really admire and appreciate having that relationship with you. Well, pretty soon you're going to be a meme coming to all of the Internet, I'm told. Let's do it. I'm with it. I, I chase down refs on a daily basis. Let's do it. No one's going to out-hustle a ref like Travis Lewis, the head coach at Toledo St. Francis. Back to wrap this thing up here in just a few. Are you in Spencerville and looking for a place to eat before the Bearcats play? Well then, head to my place, 128 North Broadway, for deep-fried mushrooms, chili cheese fries, the best pie around, and soup of the day. If you're in a hurry and just want to order some to go, you can give Doug and his staff a call at 419-647-4062 and they'll have it ready for you. My Place Restaurant at 128 North Broadway in Spencerville, a proud supporter of Bearcat Athletics. And a big thank you to the folks at My Place, as always, for being a sponsor of this show as well. Check them out right up there in the corner of Broadway and uh, get the chicken. That's what I get. It's very good. Go for breakfast as well. Get up early. Just don't come to my house. 
But uh, a lot of great things. And again, a big thanks to Travis Lewis, the head coach at Toledo St. Francis, and the uh, former Lima Warriors wide receivers. I look and laugh at a picture from a decade ago of that memory and uh, just can't say enough good things about him and his team. And also Joey Kinsley. I, I loved having a conversation with him a couple of nights ago. I hope that you enjoyed the recording of it and everything that uh, we got to talk about throughout the course of that. And uh, AKA Sir Yacht, check him out on uh, Twitter. That's where I follow him. And on uh, TikTok as well, if you are so inclined. And have a couple of minutes to spare. I guarantee you won't regret it. Big thanks to everybody who listens to this show every week. And uh, if you've got something you want to hear, find me on Twitter, as well as on uh, Facebook as well. Just uh, around the Hearn on Facebook. And like the man will tell you, at Michael Hearn PBP on uh, Twitter. Have a great night. Hear from all of us at Around the Hearn. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Around the Hearn. Come back next week for more local stories from the NWO. But until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Michael Hearn PBP for more great area content.